Let's get our Bibles out again t- this morning, and uh, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Let's take a moment this morning and and let's let's uh, turn our expectors on full blast. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this opportunity now to study your word. We look to the word of God, for it is life to those who find it. And Lord, we ask you to reveal yourself through your word to us today that we may walk in the truth and therefore live free from all that would hinder and all that would bind. Thank you for the revelation and understanding of uh, the knowledge of you today. In Jesus' name, amen. We began a series a couple weeks ago called I Choose. And I trust you've been choosing some good stuff over the last couple of weeks. And uh, let's get into this some more today. Verse 19 of chapter 30 here says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. And so again, the foundation of this message is this, that whether we have life or death, blessing or cursing operating in our lives is up to us. It's not up to somebody else. Uh, No one is being deprived of this choice. It is up to every single one of us to choose life and to choose the blessing of God. If I'm not experiencing that, Uh, to the degree that I'm supposed to, I cannot say it's uh, my wife's fault or my friend's fault or someone else's or it's the Lord's fault or it's the devil's fault because the the Lord put this in, in my hand, all right? And I am supposed to make choices that lead me to life. And, uh, and last week we discussed the fact that many times we end up in a place we don't want to be, not because we chose it directly or we intentionally wanted to have, you know, some junk going on in our lives, but we've made choices incrementally over a period of time that have resulted in us experiencing some things that are short of God's best for us, okay? But again, remember um, that life and death are up to us, whether we're blessed or live a cursed life, that's, that's up to us. We, uh, we don't choose everything now. We choose life and death, right? There, not everything in my life is up to my choosing. I don't want to discount or disregard the plan of God. But how many know the plan of God for you or for me or for anyone does not include being cursed? <laughs> does not include a life of suffering death or as the Bible describes it, the, the effects of death in our, in our lives. There are some things that are, uh, that are up to me. There are things that are not up to me. For example, I don't really have the option to choose to be a pastor. Now, I choose to obey, but I don't choose that as, uh, you know, where I got out my career choices, rocket scientist, uh, professional golfer, <laughs> head chef, uh, <laughs> pastor, and I thought, I'm just going to go with pastor. It's not like that, and, and I don't really believe that, that we should go through our lives just choosing whatever s- seems the best to us or what's 
of best interest to us. Uh, we really should approach all of our life believing that God has a plan and a purpose and that He will lead us and direct us in certain areas. And when we know that, we obey. Okay? Now, the life of God, the blessing of God is not limited to those who pastor or those who are, you know, a doctor or whatever career you might think of or a homemaker or, or whatever. No, it's available to all no matter what a person does, no matter what their, their level of expertise is in a certain area. Uh, the life of God is available to every person because it comes to us now. In the New Testament it comes in Christ. You receive Jesus, you get the package, get the whole deal. And it's, it's life for your life. It's an amazing choice. It's blessing. Okay? At the same time, I, I don't want to negate the relevance of my choice to do what the Lord called me to do in relationship to God's blessings flowing in my life. If He called me to be here and to pastor a church, and I say, you know what? I don't really want to. <laughs> I want to do something else. How many know I am going to greatly limit my ability to walk in and experience His best for my life? And so we want to we want to be real specific here that the choice is up to all of us to choose life. But within that choosing, there are smaller steps that lead us in the path of where the the abundance of God's blessings will flow freely. Okay, when you know of something to do, do it. When, you, when I say of something, when you know of the right thing to do, act on that. Because that will be connected to God's best operating in your life. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the victim today. Do we have any victims present? All right, we got one right back there. And uh, <laughs> one of the things that flies right in the face of this whole teaching and understanding is the victim mentality, okay? And it's the one of the biggest hindrances to a person walking in the blessing of God is they feel like the world is against them. They are the injured party. They are the prey. They can de be defined as the sufferer. They are constantly suffering and uh, they are a casualty of this life this is the mentality that we must resist with everything that is in us but there's a great opportunity for every one of us to adopt this thinking of the victim of uh, 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 playing the victim card and this mentality believes that all problems are somebody else's fault they can point to you. They can, they can take you through their life and, and explain how what they're going through is someone else's fault. They can tell you who it is. <laughs> uh, they can tell you with great emotion and passion. But every negative thing that happens is out of their control. They feel helpless. And I don't know if you've ever felt this way. Uh, but listen, we choose how we respond to life's challenges. Every one of us. Some of us make the wrong choice. And we, again, not, maybe not intentionally, but we're choosing death by adopting this mentality. 
It's not my fault. It's not up to me. It's not in my control. It's not in my power. It's so-and-so's fault. It's the system's fault. It's the government's fault. It's my employer. It's that idiot I work with. It's that person I'm married to. It's this person. It's, it's, it's someone else's fault. The devil's after me. I mean, the whole host of, of hell is on my trail, and there's nothing I can do. But it all puts us in a position of helplessness, of powerlessness, where we cannot rise out of that circumstance. Let's look over at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And uh, oftentimes these people will ask the question and questions like this that, that say, why me? When they're going through something difficult, why me? And you wonder sometimes who they really want it to happen to. Uh, <laughs> but, but why me? In, in, instead of, what can I do to fix this? Instead of, what do I need to do today? What, what decisions, what actions do I need to take to make this situation better? It stops with, Why? It stops with, I don't understand. It stops with, why did this happen to me? And really, it paralyzes a person in their life, but it's a choice they make to stop right there. The Apostle Paul had some challenges at, during different parts of his life. And it wasn't because he didn't know the Word. It wasn't because he was disobedient to the Lord. It was because he was doing the will of God, and people persecuted him for it. And sometimes when you do the will of God, there are others that won't like you because of it. How many know it kind of separates the men from the boys to see how we respond? When the pressure's on, are we going to stand? Okay? And, and he described some of that in verse 8 here, 2 Corinthians 4, 8. We are hard-pressed on every side. Notice what he's saying. We're hard-pressed. I don't know if you've ever felt that way, where you've just been, it seems like you're surrounded and pressure is on and people are pressing against you. And there's just a lot of opposition to your life at the moment. He felt that way. We are hard-pressed on every side. Look at that next word, yet. Yet. There's always got to be a good yet. He said, yet not crushed. Yet not crushed. There's a lot of... uh, activity against us but it can only go so far because there's something on the inside of us that will not allow it to crush us Uh, one translation says distressed they said we're being pushed on people are coming against us but we are not distressed we are not going to let this push us past the limit we are not going to let this take us out you see what he's talking about is there is stuff on the outside that we will not allow to affect us on the inside. Earlier in this chapter, he talked about how there, we, ha- we have a, a treasure in earthen vessels. And there is always going to be junk around us while we're here on planet Earth. All right, But we do not have to allow what's coming against us to affect us on the inside. And if you can maintain your stand inwardly, then you will stand outwardly against the various things that come against you. He he went on to say, we are perplexed. Have you ever been perplexed? It's like, what in the world is going on here? (laughs) Where did this come from? How did this happen? And you didn't understand why things were going on the way they were. 
And I think if we were honest, we've probably all had situations where we didn't really understand it. We didn't understand why it happened. Or, uh, but I don't want to get bogged down in, in that. He said, we were perplexed, but we were not in despair. You see that? We had questions. We, had some, we were wondering what in the world was going on, but we were not in despair. Have you made that choice in your life yet? That you will not despair? That you will not be crushed? He went on to say in verse 9, persecuted, but not forsaken. In other words, there are a lot of people against him, but he knew someone wasn't. He knew he had the greater one inside. He, he, he knew we, we are not left alone in this. The Lord is our helper. The Lord is our strength. And he is our standby. He's always there. And no matter what a person does to me, no matter how much I get persecuted, the Lord will never leave me. It's sad sometimes when, when people uh, base their life too much and their relationship with God too much upon what somebody else does. Sometimes, sometimes uh, we've seen those who were uh, great leaders in the body of Christ have moral failure. And they fall and they're a real bad example to the body of Christ. And that has happened in the past, you know, numerous times going back. The sad thing about that is when many believers follow them out. When because a leader falls, other people fall. Let's make sure our relationship with God is grounded and set in him alone and not that we don't follow godly leaders that's god's plan and it's his will but always maintain at least enough distance where when they trip and fall in the pit you don't go in with them amen Amen. and and that that is we always maintain that this relationship is with god directly okay he said we're persecuted but we're not forsaken understand no matter who fails you no matter who has fallen but the Lord is never in that group. He has never let you down. He has never forsaken. He has never uh, fallen and made a mistake. He went on to say, say, struck down but not destroyed. It's like, I might get knocked out, but I'm not, I'm not getting knocked down, but I'm not going to get knocked out. All right? There are things that may come against you, but we're going to bounce up like the old weebles wobble. Everybody remember? Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. Thank God for weebles wobble. Right? <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about... You just missed out on some real good childhood fun. <laughs> but, you know, they had those little eggs and stuff and, you know, ha- you know, had the weight in the bottom. And so you tip them over and they pop right back up. Amen. And I see that's what's happening here. When you get God's word grounded and established and settled in you, this is what holds me uh, strong in life. No matter what you do to push on me, I'm coming back up. Yeah. Every single time. Yeah. Every single time. Might, make, might get knocked down, but I'm right back up. You ever notice those things are always smiling? <laughs> they come up with the same look on their face. And that's a key to this, isn't it? I choose, no matter what happens to me, not to let it affect me inwardly. And if I can stand on the inside, I'm coming back on the outside. Look at Acts chapter 20 with me. How do you respond to what comes your way? How are you responding today? to what you're dealing with and what you're facing that's a good question isn't it because how we respond will determine where we go from there I need to make a choice every single day about concerning the things I I deal with how I feel in my body my emotional state the various uh, 
circumstances that I deal with. In Acts chapter 20, you see, Paul was dealing with some challenges, and he was going to Jerusalem, and he believed he was going to do the will of God, but a lot of other people around him were trying to get him not to, get him to quit, and, and, and he, uh, not quit, but just not follow through on this particular move. He said in verse 20, uh, verse 24, he said, but none of these things move me. Everybody say that out loud. But none of these things move me. Say it again. But none of these things move me. Say it again. But none of these things move me. All right. That's a, a language that should be adopted by us. There are times in life where we need to have that stand that just says, I'm not going to be moved by this. Why? Why would we say that? Because there's a great temptation to be moved. Because of what other people say and do. Because of whatever attack of the enemy to try to move us out of our commitment to be in the center of God's will and plan. To try to move us outside of the blessing, basically making a choice for death, you'll be tempted to move. But say, no, I'll not be moved. None of these things will move me. Not how I feel today, not my financial status today, not the feelings in my body today, not how somebody else has treated me today. None of these things move me. I'm going to stay strong and stay solid in my choice to serve the Lord and to live by His Word. You know, uh, one of the things that I, I believe really harms people in their life and keeps them short of God's best is how frequently they talk about how bad they've had it in life. If we were to go around today and take a survey, I bet we'd be here for a long, long time if we were to discuss all the situations that people have gone through and how many times they've been taken advantage of, how many times they've been abused through life, starting with childhood and how many people have done you wrong. How many know we could, get, we could turn the lights down low? Close the windows, <laughs> play some minor chords, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, it, it could get pretty gloomy in here, but how many know that doesn't help anything? But what hinders oftentimes people from moving forward is they've habitually uh, got in a habit of, of repeating things that have happened to them, and they meet new people. New friends come into their life and they immediately begin to discuss how they've been abused, how they've been taken advantage of, and how their, how, how their life is, is hurting as a result of it today. That is the victim. That's the person who is the prey. The world is against them. Life is, uh, life is against them. And they maintain that mentality always talking about all the things that have happened to them that were bad. It, it's almost like if, you know, if, if you were to have an accident uh, maybe a few years ago and maybe you got your arm cut open, you had a, you know, a good deep gash, and, uh, uh, and then, but what we saw you a few years after the fact, and we looked at you and you weren't a nice short sleeve shirt, and that you still had that big gash there, it was gapping open, you know. Is looking really nasty, and uh, and we saw you, and we thought, did you hurt your arm again? No, no, I just got in that accident, you know, a few years back. 
And, uh, and we thought, whoa, wow. And, and you came up to us and said, yeah, see, you want to see? And we said, well, no. But uh, you said, no, no, look. Look, at, look, it's a, this is a really, I mean, I really got hurt really bad. It's, it, and then you pulled it apart. And you showed us way down in there. That stuff was kind of oozing out. We got a while before lunch. It's okay. Would you think, oh, man, that was really a hard thing you went through. I understand. That was really a tough deal you went through. I mean, you got that gaping wound there. Is that how you... Listen, I wouldn't respond that way. I would say, dude, close that thing up. I think they make special band-aids that hold them together. Stitch it. Go to the doctor, dude. I mean, years later, it's still open? There's something wrong here. Likewise, now, it's wrong when people have been hurt and abused years ago, and they're still talking about it today. What are they doing? They're opening that thing up and showing everyone every time they they get into a new relationship, well, you know what happened to me? And they begin to talk about it again, and it opens it up again. There's something wrong there. All right. Now listen, I don't make light of any junk that a person went through from childhood or, you know, maybe in an abusive relationship or, or, or even a physical, you know, disease or something that happened to somebody. We don't make light of that, but I'm saying the person who has a note of victory about their life, the person who has champion mentality, they don't live back there. They don't keep opening the thing up so everybody can see. They don't want to talk about it. That's the old stuff. Not because it hurts them anymore. It's just that's the past. That's finished. I'm looking for success and victory. I'm looking for life in my life, not the death that happened before. But if I continually allow myself to relive that thing again and again, I reinforce the pain and the effects of that bad situation. And that's how a victim lives. That's the victim mentality that stays in a place of defeat. Genesis chapter 42 is an example here of something we shouldn't say. (laughs) Something, a mentality that we shouldn't have. Many know the story of Jacob. And Jacob had the sons, remember? Jacob was known as Israel. And, and how the older sons got rid of Joseph, and he ended up being the prince of Egypt, and in high, a place of high command, and then the famine happened, and they all went there to get food, and he disguised himself, and said, I want to see Benjamin, and, and, and uh, anyway, the brothers were going back to their dad, Jacob, and, and in the middle of, of some of this, he, he says in verse 36, Jacob, their father, said to them, you have bereaved me, Joseph is no more. Simeon is no more, and you want to take Benjamin. He said, all these things are against me. Notice that language. All these things are against me. The NIV says, everything is against me. Never let yourself have that mentality, that attitude, that 
everything is against me. Everyone, every per, every circumstance, everything I face, everyone just wants to take me down. That is the thinking of a loser. That is the mentality of a person who is the prey. Everyone, everything is against me. Feeling sorry for yourself is a key to defeat. It really is. The moment we allow ourselves to begin feeling sorry, it's this, uh, it's this nobody cares attitude. Well, nobody cares about me. You know, I could just lie here and die and no one would even notice. You know, none of my kids ever come to see me anymore. No, you know, I'm, I'm struggling and, and no one will come and help me. No one will help me. How many know those things? That, that's the voice of defeat. That's a vo- the voice of failure. There's no faith in that kind of language. There's no faith in that kind of talk. Don't allow yourself, ever, don't allow yourself to feel bad about your life. Are you listening? Yeah. Someone might say, well, if you only knew. What, you want to tell me? <laughs> now listen, if someone needs to communicate for the purpose of healing, you know, I'm okay with that. I'm just talking about again and again. You've been telling people for years about how bad it is. And it's only reinforcing defeat in your life. And this is what we must avoid. Don't allow yourself to feel bad about yourself. Don't have a pity party. Pity parties are uh, the opposite of the faith life. They really are. You know, Psalm 27 and verse 10 says, When my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Someone said, everybody's against me. First of all, they're not. But really, you know, even if they were, guess who's on your side? I tell you what, the Lord is on your side. He's the greater one who lives in you. And, and if God be for you, who can be against you? And we've got to live with the, the, the knowledge and understanding that the Lord is always with us, always for us, always leading us to put us over. Not just walking with us through the storm. Come on. He's telling you how to demolish the storm. He's not just going to lead you through your trial. He's going to tell you how to overcome the trial and the test and all the things that come against you. The devil wants you to believe that, the, that, that some person is standing between you and your blessing. He tries to convince people. Oh, life would be so much better if it weren't for so-and-so. If it weren't for that spouse of yours. If it weren't for that employer, that person you work for, or that person that works next to you. If, if it weren't for, and they'll, he'd bring all kinds of people to your mind. Trying to get you to this end where you become helpless it's somebody else's fault why things are the way they are. We be, again, we become powerless. We're out of control. And all we can sit there and do is say, poor old me. Helpless. Nobody cares. I'm just not getting the breaks in life. So, you know, some people, they just, you know, they grew up on the other side of the tracks, but not me. You know, I just didn't have those advantages. To see how that sounds? That sounds terrible. That really sounds bad. And that person's never going to make it up. They're never going to come up and come out. They reinforce again and again all the negative junk. They feel bad about their life. But I tell you what, we're called to be champions. We are called to be victorious. We are called to be winners in life. And the greater one lives inside of you. I'm not born of a spirit of defeat, but a spirit of victory. 
Amen. And how many know this? Just as a side note, if, if everyone really treats me bad, if everyone I meet does me wrong, it might be a wake-up call. Because <laughs> if I'm really a nice guy, if I'm really treating others, <laughs> others well, not everybody's going to be against me. Sometimes we invoke the wrong response out of other people because we have, you know, personality issues ourselves. And it's time for us to develop in a little bit of character and start being kind and gentle and giving and loving towards others. And how many know that will kick back on you just like anything in life? Amen. It's called sowing and reaping, the law of giving and receiving. Thank you, Lord. Not called karma, even what Tiger, no matter what Tiger Woods says. <laughs> That's not a Bible. No. Don't use that language. Anyway, that's extra. <laughs> Let's go to 1 John chapter 5. <laughs> 1 John chapter 5. It's really hard to accommodate a woe is me attitude. When someone is always just down on themselves... Listen, I'm, a, I'm in the business of helping and lifting people, and I love people, and I want everyone's life to be great. But sometimes it's just like, grr, would you stop with the woe is me and everything's bad and the world is against me? Have some faith. Come on. Let's begin to look at the Lord and not look at uh, everything around us. Uh, the, the Scripture tells us here in 1 John chapter 5, and uh, verse 4, it says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Now, no, notice that. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Have you been born of God? Yeah. It's not talking about necessarily just being a, a human being. But when a person makes Jesus the Lord of their life, they are called born again. Right? They are born into new life. You can now say, I can now say that I am born of God. What does that make me? According to the Bible, I'm a world overcomer. That is who I am today. It is my nature. It is the reality of my existence. I am an overcomer. I am a world overcomer. I'm not a loser. Not a failure. Not a victim, not a sufferer. I am a world overcomer. It's in my new spiritual DNA. Thank you, Lord. It, it, it's what characterizes your life as a child of God. Overcomer. Now, you might not have had that mentality, but it's still true nonetheless that your nature as a Christian is an overcomer. Amen. You watch in the summer, mosquito come over and bite you. If you listen real close, as it goes away, you'll be singing, there's power in the blood. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Something's different about this <laughs> different about this person. They don't taste like every other sinner out there. <laughs> there's victory all over them. Let's read this last phrase. It says, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. What? Our faith. You see, what I believe about the first part of the verse makes this 
a reality in my life. When, when I believe that as a child of God, born of God, that I am a world overcomer, that makes it operative in me. I overcome by believing that I am on top. Amen. That I am a victor, not a victim. That I am a champion, not a chump. That I am a winner and not a whiner. Come on now. This is something that we choose to believe because there it is. It's what God says is true about us. How can we live any longer with a victim mentality? I tell you what, we should resist every feeling and temptation that makes us feel powerless. I feel like there's nothing I can do. I resist that. No, I don't accept that. No, I choose. I'm making choices here. I choose not to adopt that as my way of thinking. But I choose to adopt the success mindset that the God, that the God of, the, of the Bible has put into me. That I can overcome in every circumstance, in every situation, no matter what comes my way, I am going over the top. Amen. Can you agree with that for your own life today? It's easy for me to shout and, and talk about this from here. But we need to adapt this as our mentality. Nothing is going to move me off of this, uh, this point of truth. Amen. You know, the Lord knew there would be opposition in life. That's why He told us to choose. That's why He said, Take the life. Take the blessing. It wasn't that He would just put it on us. He put it before us and said, Choose it. You know, because of the fallen condition of the world, everything degenerates. Things get worse and worse. It's not like your clothes accidentally get clean. I mean, you know how clothes get dirty? Without you, you know, the house gets dirty. You don't even have to touch it. <laughs> it just gets that way. Things get old. Why don't things get newer? Why don't things just get cleaner? You know, if you just don't touch it for a while, it'll clean right up. Why doesn't that work that way? It's because of the nature of our world. It's fallen. Things progressively are getting worse and worse and worse. Amen. Not evolution, but devolution. They continually to go. They continually go go downhill from perfect. All right. I I remember reading a book. uh, This woman who wrote it over a hundred years ago. She had a vision of heaven, and in heaven, one of the things she experienced is she took a bite of this fruit. And she went on how amazing it tasted, this fruit in heaven. And, and, but she bit it. It was so tender and juicy. She said it went all over her. And her first thought, she was with someone there. Her first thought, oh, I've got to get something to get cleaned up. And they said, no, look. She looked down and there was nothing there. It's like the physics or whatever you want to call it that govern that place. Things don't tend towards dirty. Things don't get worse If you just leave them alone, they get better. (laughs) You spill something, oh, and it's already cleaned up. I know that's hard for us to imagine living in this world, but and I'm not saying necessarily I I have Scripture on that. I don't, but it sounds like God to me. (laughs) But I'm telling you, the reason for me saying this is in our world, things get worse. I cannot remain neutral. I cannot take a neutral stance and say, well, I'm not going to choose. We just chose. By not choosing, we choose death. 
and we choose cursing. I must intentionally grab hold of life, grab hold of God's promises, His Word, and say, this is the direction I'm going to take my life. Every single day I make a choice from the time I, I get out of my bed. I'm choosing how my day is going to go. I'm choosing what, what things I'm going to allow to occupy my mind and my thinking and my mentality. What I'm going to believe about myself and about my future and about the people that I meet and how I'm going to deal with those who have treated me wrong, those who, who, who sin against me. I'm going to choose all these things through my life. And by the supernatural power and love of God that dwells in me, I can choose to forgive. I can choose to let people off the hook and not be the victim. And no longer let what has happened to me govern and dominate my life. Amen. You see, there's opposition to every one of us. The Lord knew there would be. That's why He said you choose. But opposition doesn't have to be necessarily negative. You think about airplanes airplanes take off into the wind into their opposition someone might think he doesn't know the laws of of aerodynamics you think if you get it behind you you can go faster isn't that the key going faster i've gone down the freeway pretty fast before <laughs> never flew <laughs> actually it's that opposition that that uh that causes lift under those wings with the shape of the airfoil and everything but when it causes lift that's what causes the airplane to take off so it's preferential to take off into the wind right and so the opposition can be viewed as an opportunity to go higher remember James said James 1 2 count it all joy when you fall into various trials and temptations why, why would you count it joy? Because it's not joy. That's why you have to count it joy. There's opposition, and you're like, ah, I don't like this. He said, smile. Just like the weevil wobble. Weevils wobble. Smile at it. See it as an opportunity for you to go higher. See, as an, as an opportunity that if you treat the situation correctly, you'll actually be lifted instead of knocked down. Tur- turn, those, uh, turn, turn those stumbling stones into stepping stones. See, it, it's a matter of how we view the things that come against us, whether we let it defeat us, whether we let us... Uh, give us the, the, the thinking of, oh, poor is me, oh, woe is me, oh, why did this have to happen? Yeah, 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 Or say, oh, good, I got a breeze, I'm going up higher. I'm going up higher, and I'm going faster, and I'm going to be on top of this thing. My life is going up and not down. It's a choice, it's a decision that we make every single day. And I believe that the Lord is helping us to see, uh, and going to continue over the next few weeks. The Lord is going to help us to see the little decisions that we make, and how we can take advantage of what's coming against us. Amen. Amen. I don't mean the opposition is of God. It wasn't. It's not. But here we are in this world filled with the Word of God, which enables us to believe that we're overcomers, more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, for Your Word for the understanding and revelation of truth that you bring us. We're so thankful. And I pray that even as these words were shared and spoken today, that your spirit would take them and reveal even more 
to the per, in the personal application of every person's life that they may begin to rise up they may begin to go higher and not live a life of defeat that they may choose life and blessing every day of their life and not be overcome with the junk that's all around I thank you for your help today we believe that you're revealing and showing us the way what a good and faithful God you are to every person who calls on you your word says they be saved we call upon your name today and we look to you for help and for strength and for overcoming power thank you for your grace that's sufficient now in every life sufficient for us today and tomorrow what a faithful God you are we're so thankful for that Father for those who have come to church today that have never been born again they were to die today